combo shakes for breakfast. Best stuff on earth besides the milk baby combo is drinking. <laughs> what up? What up? What up, everyone? Welcome to episode 86 of Combo's Court, and I am Combo. Big shouts to Combo Nation, man. You guys are the realest. Today's show, USA Today's Ed Easton Jr. joins in. We discuss who should be the Lakers' focal point on offense and the NBA All-Decade team, plus so much more. Go follow Ed Easton Jr. on Instagram at Ed Easton Jr. That's E-D-E-A-S-T-O-N-J-R. You know you could follow me on Instagram at 1-2-Combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. Ed Easton Jr., man, welcome to Combo's Court. How you feeling today, man? Feeling great, man. Thanks for the invite, man. Anytime we had a great time with Will and Sean on their platform, I'm glad to have you on mine. Um, I know USA Today, big time news. Tell us more about it, man. Oh, man, it's just an amazing uh, situation right now. Uh, currently doing, I'm a reporter and a podcast host for the Chiefs, covering the Chiefs this year for the for USA Today Sports. And uh, it's just an amazing journey so far going through training camp and uh, being able to talk, talk to a lot of these guys and uh, just get ready for the season. So I'm still in shock. That's why I'm, you know, stumbling and everything right now. And I'm just excited to see how this goes. That's dope, man. I'm happy for you. I know it's going to go well, man. So um, you're a bigger football guy than I am. I kind of wanted to talk about the Zion thing where uh, I saw him actually throwing the football. It looked pretty smooth, man. It looked pretty smooth. So if Zion were to play football, what do you feel like the best position would be for him, hypothetically? You know what? Because I feel like he's so athletic and he's so fast, I would say running back. But That's a tall running back, right? Yeah, it'd be a tall running back. Hey, we had Brandon Jacobs back in the day. He was pretty tall as well. Um, I would have, You know what? He would probably fit as a linebacker or defensive lineman. The guy is just, you know, that big. You can see him getting maybe 20 sacks a year. That's how fast he is. And uh, I, I would be interested to see him if, any, if he actually could try and play right now if he wanted to. That's how big and, um, and athletic he is. I, I would like to see that. There's no question if he wanted to, he could play in the NFL, right? No, I don't think there'll be a problem with that. I mean, yeah. the guy is that big. He's that, that athletic. They have guys that play basketball that never touched a football before joining the NFL at tight end. So anything is possible. For sure, man. So, uh, Mello, man, I watched the Stephen A interview. I'm sure you did as well. Man, I kind of felt bad, man. He really wants to play. He really loves the game. He's always in the gym. But here is my always been my thoughts on Melo from like a basketball standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Vince Carter, Andre Iguodala, these guys kind of figure out a way as they get older to fit in, you know, fit, and he never really tried to make that transition. You know, I always felt like as he got older, he should have figured out or or focus more on hitting the spot of three, you know, focusing mm-hmm. on defense, even though he might not have been a great defender, just focus on it. Because all the other stuff is going to come to him because he's so talented, you know. I mean, that's just my thoughts on it. And that's from a basketball standpoint. Um, obviously, there's more to it. Yeah, I think it's, you know, obviously, you, you talked about it from a basketball standpoint. He's so talented, and he still believes in his mind for a guy that spent most of his life as the man on whatever team he was on. You still have that same mindset no matter what. Um, obviously, he's not the same player he used to be, but 
in his mind, he still, you know, thinks it's 10 years ago, 15 years ago, and he just take over a game. So it's really a tough transition for a guy to say, okay, you're going to go from being a superstar to now being a role player and having, you know, less minutes, having less to do with the offense and not really being the focal point anymore. That's such a tough transition for a lot of players to make. And you think about a guy like Carmelo Anthony, who was the biggest deal in New York, you know, like for sure. people forget to realize it's New York City. You're the main guy there. So to come from being the main guy in New York City, you're a 10-time All-Star, uh, the winningest Olympic basketball player in United States history, something of, along that nature, your mind just doesn't quickly transition to saying, okay, now I'm a role player. Now I'm a guy coming off the bench. Now I'm a guy that may get a couple of DNPs. It just doesn't work that way, I guess, for, for him. Or, you, you know, you think about a guy like Allen Iverson, similar situation. You really could have seen Iverson play maybe two, three, four more years if he came off the bench. It was just like a, a Jamal Crawford type, but it just never fit him. It was never his type of game. He needed to start. And I don't think it's almost, you know, people like to say ego and things of that nature. It's just this way a guy's been playing his entire life. It, it becomes muscle memory and it's not easy for a lot of guys. Yeah. And on top of that, the NBA went a little bit away from ISO scoring especially at the, yeah. at the mid-range level. And he likes to get a bounce before he gets his shot up. I just wish he focused a little bit more on being that catch-and-shoot guy. I think it could extend his career. No, I, I agree completely. It's, it's just that old habits are hard to right. – it's hard to kill him. You know, you, you got a guy that's been doing that his entire career. He's been successful. He just – even when he was with Houston, I could see him trying to do the whole catch-and-shoot thing. Right, right. He seems, he seems so out of rhythm. Yeah. And it was obvious every time he got the ball. So things like that. Yeah, you even saw that clip where he was about to shoot a mid-range and then he stepped it back to the three out of nowhere. Uh, I think he was laughing about it because, you know, Maury ball, they don't like that mid-range oh, at yeah. all, you know? Yeah, it's three or nothing. And that's, you know, for him, it's like wherever he gets a good look at a shot, he's going to take it. So he has to worry about where he's at on the floor for the first time. Yeah, I just spoke of the modern NBA kind of being different. How do you feel Horford and Embiid will fit with the Sixers? Oh, man, I really like this combination. You're talking about a guy like Embiid who is, you're obviously, he's the main player on the Sixers. I know you talk about Ben Simmons and, and everything, but if you, don't, if you do not have him beat on that team, they're not a playoff team. He is so tough down low that you forgot last season, he didn't really have that much help up front. You bring in a guy like Horford, and people are saying Horford's like a center, but really Horford's a power forward who was playing center when he was with Boston. You put him at his natural position, he's going to make life a lot easier for Embiid to open up other opportunities, whether it's like easier shots or just even grabbing rebounds. You just need another guy that's out there that makes his job a lot easier down low on the block. And I like I thought the Sixers was a very, in my opinion, under the radar move, even though Horford got a lot of money. You talk about a guy that just knows how to do the little things to win a game. And that's what made him an all star all these years. You put him next to Embiid. It just makes Embiid even better. For sure. And, you know, if they do get all the way to the finals, their chances will be increased because the Warriors won't be there. It would have been tough for them, I think, with the Warriors' death lineup if Durant would have stayed. And, that, and yeah. you know, and, that, and Durant at the five, that would have been tough for them defensively. Oh, it would have been very tough. And just like I said, you, you have Embiid there. You, you can easily go and say, okay, well, Embiid, maybe he's in foul trouble. Maybe there's, you know, he has these random health issues. Horford could then slide in and be the center. You have a guy that just knows how to play both positions, and it just makes it very versatile with your lineup. So I, I like what the Sixers did. They set themselves up to be contenders for the next two to three years. Let's shift to David Griffin, man. He says uh, dealing with LeBron, I guess he, he kind of cleaned it up, and uh, he said it was taken out of context, but he did use the words yeah. 
inorganic and not fun. <laughs> you know, I mean, look, LeBron James might have very well got David Griffith his next paycheck, you know, a better paycheck yeah. at the least, you know, like he did for a lot of people. Um, what are your thoughts on all that, man? You know what? I have to be honest. I think David Griffin is a great GM, in my opinion. Obviously, you see what he's done with the Pelicans in just a short period of time. It was a very – it was it was just an unnecessary jab. You didn't have to come out publicly and say the whole situation with LeBron James. Now, granted, we all have an assumption behind the scenes that we think that LeBron is kind of running everything. Right. He's the reason why David Blatt was fired. You know, they brought in Teron Lue. He's really the coach of the team. We've heard everything about and he, that. He, I mean, he had a few of his clutch guys signed. I guess, yeah. yeah. You know, we get that. But at the same time, he produced every single year. They were in the conference finals. They were in the NBA finals every year. Right. So you almost have to look at it if you're David Griffin. Let me just be quiet. I understand we did a job. I understand I had to, you know, defer to LeBron on everything. But that's fine. You're deferring to the best player in the world right now. There's no reason for you. You know what I mean? There's yeah. no reason for you to openly come out and say that. I mean, the point is it to, doesn't help you. The point is to win championships, and LeBron, LeBron gives yes. you the best chance more than anybody in the league. Yes, Good. and I, I just think that was for him. It was a it was a misstep, and that's why he's trying to you know back up from it and and try to say different things. You, you, listen, that's how he felt. We know that's one hundred percent how he felt. You just got to keep that to yourself and keep it moving. You have a great job in New Orleans right now. You don't want to bring any of that bad mojo that you know any any of that type of mentality into your new situation. So I, I don't like him coming out and saying that. And you know LeBron, he's gonna he's gonna respond in a very LeBron way, especially the next time they play the Pelicans. Right, and I want you to put on your uh, GM hat for. Say we restarted the whole league, and you had the number one pick to win a championship this year. If you had to take one player, would it still be LeBron? No. Okay. It, it would not be LeBron just because you're talking about right now, this age. But um, not for the future. The I'm, ta- I'm talking for this season, though. Not for the oh, future. This season? Yeah, for this season. Come. Okay. Who would it be? Still no. I still think Giannis is the guy. Wow. You know, here's my reason why. Giannis, you got to look at the jump he made every single year so far in his career. It's been amazing. He's taken everything to another level. So him not winning this past season when he was the odds-on favorite to go to the NBA Finals is only going to make him better. So this is the guy that's going to put in the work in the gym. You know, he's going to put the work in the gym. He's going to start becoming a better shooter. I believe... In terms of people, like, you talk about players that, like, are unguardable. How do you guard Giannis if he has a jump shot? You know, this is something that he can still develop. Because I I keep giving him that comparison of, like, LeBron when he first came in the league. It didn't take – it took LeBron, I'd say, maybe a good four, five years to get a consistent jump shot. I think his jump shot coming in was better than Giannis's. I mean, yes, coming in it was better, but it wasn't good. You know, the guy was still driving 90% of the time. Right. But I look at Giannis and I say the, the length, you know, the speed, the, the athleticism, there's no one else like him. You know, he's stepping back. He is taking a couple more threes. So he's shown that he's willing to work on his jump shot. I just see him as a guy that's going to keep getting better and better. And, you know, barring injury, he is the best player in the league. Yeah, I mean, Giannis is obviously uh, ascending. He's trending upwards and, and LeBron might be on a decline. I just feel like in the playoffs this year, if you gave me one player to kind of figure out what on in a playoff series in terms of IQ yeah. vision and all that combined, I would still take LeBron for this year, but it's a valid point, man. He was last year's MVP. And you're talking about like a full regular season. You think you're going to, you're most likely going to have Giannis for close to 80 games and you're going to have LeBron. Well, I don't I mean, know how LeBron's many players. I don't, his load management. Yeah. I don't know how many players are going to, I mean, Ka- Kawhi will probably never play 82 games again. 
no. <laughs> no, I, I would never see that. But I can see Giannis being an 82 games guy just because of his mentality. Right. Like I said, he wants to win. And, you know, and he's also, he's still a very young guy. And Milwaukee needs all 82 games. They do. They do, for sure. Uh, let's stay on, on, you know, and the Lakers. Frank Vogel said uh, AD is a focal point. He didn't say the focal point, though. How do you think the Lakers will approach the season, man? Because it might be time for LeBron to um, let AD carry them through the regular season. Look, if LeBron put his mind to it, he probably could win another, another MVP if he really, really wanted to. But is that conducive to winning a championship? I don't know. Can you speak to how you feel that Frank Vogel will approach his season in terms of coaching? Who will be the actual vocal point? Not a vocal point, but the vocal point of the offense. I 100% believe it will be Anthony Davis. And okay. It, it just makes sense in regards to LeBron wanting to seek him out, wanting him so bad on the team. You talk about a guy like LeBron who's been through a situation before, but he was on the other end. He was in Davis's position before when he joined the Miami Heat. You remember, it was Dwayne Wade's team. It wasn't until Wade in that second season said, you know what, LeBron, this is all yours. I'll be the supporting character, that they actually became a dominant team. They were still losing games that first year, even though they made it to the finals to lose to Dallas. You're right. looking at right now with LeBron, he's kind of in that same mold where it's like, you know, Anthony Davis is the younger guy. He's a, he's a tougher cover. If, you, if, you, if Anthony Davis is healthy, he is one of the toughest covers down low. You, you don't know what to do with him. He can take you outside. He can go inside as well. Having LeBron not have to play so many minutes, I think last year before the injuries, he was playing uh, well over 35 minutes, almost 40 minutes a game. Right. At his age, he can't be doing that. And I remember they kept talking about, oh, he takes care of his body. He does all this. And it was on the Christmas Day game is when he gets injured. You know, yeah. you, can, you can be as fit as you want to be, but you can't fight, you know, for all the time. It, is, it catches up for everybody. Your body is still going to be your body. So I look at a guy like Anthony Davis who can carry the team, in my opinion, for a good majority of the season. You can have LeBron come in there and do kind of stuff that Dwayne Wade did when he was with the Heat. So... I look at that as Anthony Davis's team. Of course, they're going to still say LeBron because LeBron is the marquee name, as he should be. I see LeBron getting probably double-digit assists this year out of doing all this because he's going to be running a lot of the point. Right. Uh, it, it should be an interesting uh, combination, but uh, I do think Anthony Davis is the main guy for that team. How did you feel about the whole layup line thing? I just felt like, you know, it was a timing issue with uh, how the media kind of got – up and, and kind of went with it and ran crazy with it because it was just a time where there wasn't a lot going on besides maybe a Quentin Tarantino movie. There wasn't that much going on in the media. <laughs> so they kind of just ran with it. Look, man, the guy's in layup line. He's, the kids are happy. The, the fans get a show. We get some content on social media. Why, is it, why does it always have to be negative when it comes to LeBron, man? Why? And what were your thoughts on it? You know, I think people just like to focus on anything he could do wrong, you know? LeBron is such a global brand. He's such a big deal that people want to, you know, poke at any little thing. Okay. He's, he's, he's also the type of guy that he's made it. He's kind of put himself out there as well as being this, Oh, I'm this defiant player. I'm this defiant guy. So whatever I do is because I felt like doing it. You know, that's why he has all the different media channels that he's a part of all the stuff he does off the court. He likes to bring, all this attention to himself, not just off the court, but on the court. So I'm not really surprised that the layup line situation was a big deal or that anything else he does is going to be a big deal because it's going to continue to. You know, let's be honest. If, if there was social media and all the coverage, you know, back when it was Jordan playing or even like Magic and Bird, it would be a similar situation. Right. So I, I don't, you know, I don't necessarily think 
LeBron is the worst guy in the world, but I also don't think LeBron he, – he's not afraid to put himself out there. You know what I mean? He wants this attention in a sense. And I, I think it's just something that people are going to get used to. He's already used to it. It's going to continue to happen. You're going to have layup line situations. You're going to have, uh, you know, just him just being himself. And they're going to make a big deal out of it, whether he's on Instagram or not. I, I think he's the only player that has um, benefited – and been hurt by the social media age in the NBA, in my opinion, because every tweet, every post is mentioned on SportsCenter. There's not one right. other player in the world that they do this with. No, that's I mean, it could be something that's, that's not even NBA related, but LeBron tweeted, and it will be on the 6 o'clock edition of SportsCenter. It'll be the, the lead story. LeBron has an opinion on this. That's, the- that's just going to come with it. Yeah, like the whole layup line thing, it doesn't harm anybody. I don't see a problem with it. I'm just wondering if he knew, like he always knows there's cameras on him. Let's say yeah. there happens to be no cameras that day, which would never really happen. I wonder if he would still do that, though. That's what I'm thinking. Like if he would still get on the layup line. I guess we'll never know. <laughs> no, we'll never know. But you know what? Put like this. I'm going to ask you just straight up because I think he probably would. I think he would because you know, I don't think he's I'm, worried. Yeah, yeah, he 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 just loves the game, man. Like yeah, he just yeah. wants to be around the game of basketball. You could tell, and that that's been consistent from the beginning. Always. All right, man. Did you get the Did you get the chance to see um the All NBA All Decade team? <laughs> yeah, I saw that, and I've seen a lot of reactions to it. Um, you know what the obvious one was? Kobe. That everyone brings up. Yeah, that's that's the most obvious. But I see it going both ways. I see I don't know. I, I don't disagree. No, here's the thing. I don't disagree with the third team, right? Because I remember it says it counts from the 2010s. It's the 2010s. That's that's really what we're doing here. People are still falling in love with what he was in during the 2000s, where he was a complete beast during those years. But you're talking about in the 2010s. You know, he did win. He did win a title. So you know, that's what yes. people are going to bring up. That he last 20, first year, he averaged 25 over this decade. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. I have to fact check. He faded towards the end, and remember, he his career ended. What was that 2016? Yep. That was like 2016, right? So yeah. he faded towards the last three years because of injury. Right. So it's it's almost like, you know, it, it makes sense to put him on the third team. And, and I'm, I'm a Kobe fan. I think the guy had a hell of a career. But realistically, that's probably – it's it's a really nice spot to put him. I, I just can't see him going any higher than that. I don't think he's what Max Kellerman had said on our first take, that he was in the worst uh, – the, the all-time worst team. I don't know if you saw that. What? That doesn't even make sense, though. Yeah, you gotta. It's an interesting uh, a watch right there. He went on, broke down all his stats, and said that he was one of the worst players of the decade. And he must have been talking about efficiency and how much they were paying him. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. that's exactly what he was focused on. But that's yeah. not really what you're. That's not the only thing he's supposed to be focused. He's supposed to be focused on his old body of work. It's not his fault they paid him. I mean, yeah, he's, you still got to go by only what he does on the court. You know, exactly. If you're talking about this is all NBA, this is not value. Some kind of debate like that. You know, he's like changing right. the, the the debate. Did you feel like there were any snubs? You know what? I don't, I don't think it was really any snubs. I, I was looking on the list just to try to find some snubs and just try yeah. to find guys that had longevity th- during this time period because that's the hard part. you got to go away from what your heart is saying and look with the longevity of the players. So an example of that would be Carmelo Anthony. Some people were saying, oh, maybe he shouldn't be on that list. But nah. people forgot how good Carmelo was. Yeah, he had that During great that season time. with he had that great season with Jason Kidd on the Knicks. He always put yes. up numbers, mm-hmm. you know. And Denver was what year when they went to the conference finals? Oh, that's uh, a while that was, ago. That was oh nine. Was it oh nine? Was it? I want to yeah, say. So, 
Yeah, I want to say 2009 because they played the Lakers, right? Right. So that might have fell a little bit early. But... Yeah, it might, that was a little early, but he was still very dominant with the Knicks. He, like you said, that year with Kidd, even a year after when they made the playoffs, he, he scored the 62 at the Garden that year. So I, Carmelo was still a pretty dominant player, and I think he was on the second team for the, uh, for the All-Decade right. team. He was all-second so team. Yeah. Chris Paul, of course, I, I saw him on there. I was surprised LaMarcus Aldridge got the nod. Would you take LaMarcus Aldridge over Draymond for the 2010s? Yes. Okay. Yes. I, I, trust me, I, I like Draymond Green, but he is a good player. I don't think he's an all-star player if he's not on Golden State. Right. You know who would have been on it if they would have stayed healthy? Brandon Roy. Oh, 100%. You know, Brandon Roy, he's one of the most, you know, it, and I know, I don't know if you're a big Brandon Roy guy, but I, I was a big fan of his and it's a shame that we didn't get to see more of him and that whole knee injury situation. And uh, the guy was as clutch as can be. You talk about any player in the NBA, especially around that period. Can you imagine, just try to imagine what the Blazers would be like if you still had Brandon Roy with Damian Lillard and, and McCullum and all this stuff. I know we're just being hypothetical here, but can you imagine yeah. that? And in this NBA, you could play them together. That's the crazy exactly. thing. Yeah, yeah you, you definitely could. He could play the three. And like I said, he was a great player. And it was a shame that everything got cut short because of injury. Best team in LA, who you got? <laughs> oh, man, I got to go with the Clippers. You know, you look at this team, the way they're stacked. And we're just – and I think they're not going to have Paul George for the beginning part of the season. But the, the way they are just stacked up, Kawhi, George – you got guys that are excellent on both sides of the ball. You still keep uh, Patrick Beverly. You still got all these different options off the bench. So guys that, that really proved themselves already last year playing under man. I really like what they're building in, in L.A. And, and they have a good coach in Doc Rivers. I know a lot of people feel different ways with Doc, but he's won a title before. He's been to the finals multiple times. He's good with the players. I see them just getting better. And, Remember, you got the Lakers are in such a flux right now where they don't know, you know, with Vogel, how good a coach is Vogel going to be in this situation. You got Jason Kidd as an assistant coach. Lurking yeah, over like, his shoulder. <laughs> exactly. Like, is Vogel just a placeholder until Jason Kidd gets the job? You know, these are things that it's like a circus already when it comes to the Lakers. So I think the Clippers are the best team, and they'll be the better team for the next two years in L.A. I just – the, the, don't get me wrong, the Lakers have a good squad. You know, on paper, they have a very good squad. It's just the little things behind the scenes that kind of hurt them. Yeah, I think the dynamic, as I said on a few podcasts, I think the dynamic duos of uh, the dynamic duo of Kawhi and Paul George is a little bit better of a fit, even though Anthony Davis and LeBron are better basketball players. Yeah. And to, and to piggyback off what you said about Doc Rivers, when he started, fo- when he focused, when he changed to just solely be the coach of the Clippers, I think things got a lot better for him and the Clippers. You know, he's not in the front office anymore, and he could focus. But um, Ed Easton Jr., I'm going to let you get off. I know you're busy. You got USA Today. You got a lot of things going on. Thank you for being here. You're always welcome back on the show. Let everybody know where they can find you. All right, man. Well, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter, at Ed Easton Jr. So uh, just give me a follow there. You can see all my stuff, whether I'm writing or putting up podcasts or videos or even doing some radio stuff. Just check me out. Combo, I appreciate it, man. You know, this was this is this is an honor, man. You've been telling me about the podcast for so long. You know, I got to listen to a couple episodes in the past, and I'm like, man, I finally get to be on. So I definitely appreciate it. Man, appreciate the support, man, and appreciate you being on the show. You're always welcome back. We'll talk more as the NBA season rolls along and gets started for sure, man. Thanks for being here. All right, sounds good, man. Take care. Talk soon.
There it is, episode 86 is in the books. Big shouts to Ed for joining in. We appreciate you. Combo Nation, man, let me know how you feel about this episode right on the comments section of your Apple Podcast app. Also, let me know what city, state, country you listen to Combo's Court from. Would love to hear from you. Be on the lookout for episode 87. Combo out.